0: You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. This is our weekly conversations with the CFP edition, where certified financial planners join us to have honest money conversations that guide nurses like you on their path to financial freedom. If you want to get your questions answered, make sure you head over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash ask to be featured in an upcoming episode. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom, the budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals, the common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt, and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. All right, Nurses on Fire, we have Lisa Peterson back with us. And today we are going to talk about kids and money. What do you teach your kids about money? And is it affected by your background? And how do you think you're showing them? through their childhood and their youth, translates into them being an adult and handling money. So let's talk about
1: it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah, it's funny because even as you ask that question, I realized that there's two very different things going on. One is my understanding of the inner relationship with money. So the narrative, like what's those stories that they're being told And the fact that they might need therapy for something that I told them. (laughs) And so I'm trying (laughs) to not have them need a lot of therapy later in life because of my parenting. So there's that piece because that's what I study a lot. And I help a lot of people move out of their trauma with the stuff that happened when they were little. So I'm trying to learn. And then there's like, actually, there's three parts So in the third one is what are you teaching your kids? And so when you think of what are you teaching your kids? What are you modeling? And then what kind of stuff is going on behind the scenes that they might need therapy for later? Like of those three, which one do you think your listeners would want to focus on? Well,
0: everybody wants to know the practical things like so do we set up a 529, how do we set up like a Roth or start contributing to their retirement? But honestly, I think those things that you can google. <laughs> but what's super important is how you're modeling your money in front of your kids, and so I think we should focus on that.
1: Mhm. So, you know, I can just speak for what we've done in our home and so I have a 20 20- three almost 23 year old and then a 15 year old and what we have done is made a point of not having money conversations be completely separate they are witnessing it if we're going to talk about buying something and we're going to have like a i wouldn't say fight about it but like a disagreement about you know i want to buy these chairs and he's like it's too much and we don't need them and we go back and forth about kind of the process of deciding, and the kids witness that, and they are comfortable with it, and they know that it's okay to have differing opinions about what to do, and that maybe mom wins out more often, or maybe dad wins out more often, and then they're making their own decisions about what was the conflict, what were the disagreements, and they're making their own choices, which is super important in everything. Like I'll give you another example. We don't talk politics as far as being Democrat or Republican in our home, we want our kids to make their own decisions. Same thing with money. We don't want to dictate how they should believe. We want them to make educated decisions for themselves, get educated about what the issues are, and then have us here to answer questions rather than feed them beliefs that later might not be the beliefs that they actually have.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> Even when you're talking about it, I was like, that's probably how you teach about religion or spirituality too. You just kind of open it up because I feel like, you know, a lot of that is ingrained and uh, there's trauma around that. But I know that in your book, The Mindful Millionaire, you talk about many issues and I believe you talk about it at, in regards to your older daughter- So can you highlight some important points that you shared in the book?
1: So with my daughter, I mean, there's, you know, she's 23 and she would be more on the conservative side with money. She's always been very interested. I would say she's like you and I, where she's curious. She wanted to learn more. She started working and making money. We didn't let her have a cell phone we didn't let her have texting until she agreed to clean our house, which was like a 4,000 square foot house. We got the deal of the century, but she was so eager to get it that that was what she was willing to negotiate. And we paid her extra money too. But it's always been this you're going to earn things, but you're also going to be expected to do stuff. We didn't do, we haven't been a big, what is it called, like chores and then you get an allowance. We were like, if you do, a, do a, a job that we've talked about what you're doing, then you'll get paid, but we never really stuck to a regular allowance thing. It just didn't work for us. I mean, not bad or good. Also setting up accounts early, knowing and telling them what they have in an account. And like my mom passed away. She left some money. I would tell the kids from an early age, like this is going to be money that you get after 18. Hopefully it's used for school, but you won't have to use that. It will be in your own discretion. So knowing that they're going to be able to make some big decisions later in life. My daughter chose to use it for school. My son is only 15, so he's not got access to that money yet. But the other big thing that my daughter with just being, when she wanted to go to college and we started looking at the options, we decided be at least $100,000 or something like that at the time um, for four years of school going away she took it upon herself to apply for 12 different scholarships and grants and things. And turned out that she ended up getting about a total of $57,000 of that. So her college education cost about 43,000. And she was the one who was responsible for going back to the entities that nonprofits that had given her and chosen her for their lead scholarship in our community in Tahoe. Like, Very serious about it, never missed a deadline, took it upon herself. And then when she got awarded all that money, this is also, I think, very important is that other kids were like jealous or like, why did she get that? You know, I could feel some of that animosity. But then when I started digging deeper, I was like, well, did your children apply to like all these, you know, did, and did they stay with it? And did they train for their interviews? And did they, I mean, just like one thing after another. And a lot of people were like, they had applied for three, not 12 or 15. Right. It was like taking that upon, but it's that idea that if I want to go to college, I am responsible for figuring out how to help make this happen.
0: I love it. I love it. That teaching of responsibility is one thing that I feel like is priceless. Like I said, I think that we get so caught up on like techniques or tools that we can use, but it's really about empowerment, right? Which we talk about all the time. Empowering people with knowledge so that they can make decisions because I find that, especially if we are really rigorous about teaching, like this is where you do this, this is how you do this. It doesn't give them the flexibility when something happens outside of that realm, to be able to cope with the situation. So I really love the way that you just raise your kids in general, and that money is seamlessly integrated in that. And I think that that's how we should look money talks and how we deal with money in our family. So I think that So awesome.
1: (laughs) Can I add two quick things to it? One thing is she wanted to do people to people when she was in fifth grade. And I just remembered this. And I said, you know, that's kind of out of our price range right now. I had made a big job change. And what is people to people? It's like kids basically apply to a program. They get accepted. They're supposed to raise some of the money. And in this case, it was people to people, Washington, DC. So she was going to go off And spend a week with kids from all over the country as like designate, you know, like kind of mock trial designates, like designated, I don't know, programs. But she was going to learn all about D.C. and legislation and everything. And she ended up collecting, asking all the neighbors in a pretty big neighborhood if she could collect their, in California, their recyclables that were able to be traded in. And she saved over $1,000 in fifth grade to be able to go on that trip. The other thing she did, so that continued, when she was a sophomore, I think at the end of the sophomore year of high school, she saw an assembly. They were organizing for teens to raise money to bring shoes to kids in orphanages. At the time, it was in Kenya, and she was like, I have to do this. I'm gonna, I want to go to Kenya. I want to raise the money. And so she spent that next year raising the funds, earning the money, getting donations, and then collecting shoes. And they brought lightly worn shoes. In the end, they didn't go to Kenya. They went to Ghana. She spent three weeks in Ghana working in orphanages and she had paid for all of that. But the big thing for her there was she was like, mom, these are the happiest people I've ever met in my whole entire life. And they're living on less than $5 a day. And it was a total game changer for her whole entire life. Like she's never forgotten it. It is like money does not equal happiness. She's very, very clear as a result of that.
0: I love it. I love it. It's, it's the experiences that these kids are just, ah, I love it. Your daughter is (laughs) awesome. I'm like, your daughter is a unicorn, but she's not really. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's, admirable, but it's something that can also be modeled for a lot of people to raise their kids to, like I said, be empowered and to kind of be innovative in the way that we think about approaching money. But it's also important that they understand money conversations and understand that there's differences and that there's disagreements and how to deal and talk about money in general, instead of it being like this big taboo, this elephant in the room, this thing that we don't talk about. And so um, I'm glad that you are open with your kids. I feel like more adults need to have just basic money conversations around just wages, about expectations, about knowing that, You can negotiate and that you have a lot more control over money, and so you shift that relationship early. Because the way I was taught, it was just like you know, uh, hustle, hustle mode. When we and you know, when you're in hustle mode, it's the other way around, it's that that money is driving you. And the earlier that we can reverse that and normalize the power that we have over money and give them the tools to be able to tap into that. I feel like we equip them with all that they need to be financially independent adults. So, thanks for letting us learn about your daughter and sharing her story. And it's also in your incredible book, The Mindful Millionaire. (laughs) Thank you. So, you guys, make sure to check out The Mindful Millionaire. It's sold at all the great retailers. And Lisa, you have been getting some amazing reviews from this book. And so I just know that it'll bless a lot of people. So thank you for the book. Thank you for your stories. And thank you for always being so willing to share with the Nurses on Fire community.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Nasima. hope that you've enjoyed the
0: episode and that you've learned something new to set you on your path to financial independence if you love this episode please share subscribe and leave a review on apple Podcasts. and if you want us to go over your financial situation or have your questions answered head on over to nurses on fire podcast slash ask and have us do an analysis of your individual financial situation. And don't worry, we'll keep you anonymous. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. But don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.